Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith Parish, just a little bit. I have Sean Hyken coming on to talk about the Blazers, the wild game they had against the Nuggets on Thursday night. Also, the rest of the Western Conference. The last couple of days have really given us some great moments like that Blazers-Nuggets finish. We also had a spectacular Warriors meltdown against the Jazz, where the Warriors blew a four-point lead in the final 10 seconds. The Jazz have bounced back. They now have a 15-12 record. In that, when uh, a lot of the top guys set out, which resulted in the game-winning bucket involving Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Simone Fontecchio. Lots of fun. Lots of schadenfreude for me on that one as the Warriors lose in spectacular fashion. We also saw the Red Hot Lakers get slowed down. They lost two straight games, basically because Anthony Davis got the flu. On Thursday night, we saw Alperin Shingun have one of the greatest dunks ever, but it was wiped away for an offensive foul. This is a play I'm still studying and trying to comprehend. If it's an offensive foul for his off arm, that basically should have negated every Blake Griffin poster of all time, which, by the way, was an argument I made at the time. Uh, the Clippers have lost consecutive games. One was with Kawhi, one was without. They go 0-2 in Central Florida, losing to the Heat and the Magic. Self-proclaimed King of New York, Trey Young. He returned to the Hawks and played and got destroyed by the Knicks in MSG. The Hawks have now lost five of their last six games when Trey Young plays. Trey is shooting... 28.9% from three on the season, which is basically what Josh Smith shot from three when he was on the Hawks. By the way, the Hawks this year are 2-0 and when Trey Young doesn't play, and the two wins are over the Nuggets and the Bucks. On Friday night, we got a couple of great matchups. You have the Pelicans, who are the one seed right now in the West. They are hosting 
the Suns. You have Rudy Gobert returning to Utah to take on Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Simone Fontecchio. Also not as prestigious a matchup on paper. The Grizzlies take on the Detroit Pistons on Friday night. If you're in the Nashville, Tennessee area, come to the watch party that we are hosting over at Nobles Beer Hall. That will be at 7 p.m. Also, if you are looking for some holiday gifts, you can skip the mall, avoid the crowds, and warm up with Grizzlies' six-game holiday packs. You can guarantee the gift of Grizz with these holiday packs. They start at just $26 per game. They feature some of the best matchups and giveaways, including games against the Warriors, Lakers, Mavs, and more. To purchase these six-game holiday packs, call 901-888-HOOP or shop online at grizzlies.com. All right, now let's bring on Sean and talk about the Blazers. I'm joined right now by Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report. Sean, how's it going? Doing great, Keith. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Tell people about your Rose Garden Report. That's something you started in the last year, right? Uh, about six months ago. I'm basically yeah. doing the same thing. I'm covering the. I'm still covering the Blazers basically as a beat writer, but I'm doing it independently. Basically the same thing that, uh, you know, there are a few other folks doing this with other teams around the league. You know, James Hamm is doing it in Sacramento. Scott Agnes is doing it in Indy. There are a couple of others uh, that I'm that I'm forgetting, but that's essentially what I'm doing. It's, uh, you know, some of the content is free. A lot of it is paywalled. I think I keep the price pretty reasonable, but rosegardenreport.com is where you want to go for that. And the podcast is also uh, of the same name. So that's kind of the that's kind of the very, very nutshell version of it. Well, perfect, man. Congrats on doing all of that. Um, you know, before we can get into some Blazers talk, we do have to take care of business up top and to actually talk about your breakfast. A little bit early for you on the West Coast. Uh, have you had a breakfast or are you planning to have something that you can uh, regale us with? I literally just went over to the coffee shop across the street and got a donut. Oh, nice. What kind of donut? Maple bar. Oh, very fancy. Um, Portland known for donuts, uh, right? Yeah. I suppose, I suppose there's, there's one tourist attraction that is, well, I know it is fashionable to talk poorly of the voodoo donuts. I'm not even, I'm not even anti-voodoo. I'm not even anti-donut. I'm not even anti-voodoo is the thing. Like there are some people who are like, oh, I won't even go to voodoo donuts. I mean, listen, will I stand in line for half an hour? No, I will not. Well, so here's the thing about that. Like (laughs) I've, I've, I've been many times and they do the thing where they have two registers available, yeah, but they only ever have one of them in use because they want the line to be longer so that it looks. Oh, uh, no. So yeah. we have these things in, in Tennessee. We have these things called pancake pantries. I, there okay. might be more of them across the world. I am not familiar. They, I think they're they're basically like Nashville, Gatlinburg, maybe some other places. And like it's like a tourist thing. And, you know, they have one of the one of the features is inside they have a giant like basically mountain of butter uh-huh. you can see in the kitchen they're just taking the butter off they're making the pancakes it's oh, so a that's, fun so thing that's to do like, so that's like the gimmick well it's not i mean it's a fun thing to do because like uh-huh. pancakes are pancakes like they're sure, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but like am i gonna stand in line for an hour for a pancake no i'm not um and so like you go there you might see celebrities i saw dominique wilkins there once at the one nice. in nashville but like yeah i'm not going to stand in line i'm also basically not going to criticize it's a pancake it's good it's yeah, a boot. donut it's good 
That's my official take. Yeah, voodoo is fine. I, I, if I'm near a voodoo and there's not a line, and I feel like getting a donut, I'll stop in. But I'm not gonna like go out of my way to be like, oh, let's go to voodoo donuts because you can get a donut or something like that pretty <laughs> much a lot of yeah. places. Yeah. Um. The Portland Trailblazers played an awesome game on Thursday night. Maybe not awesome from a Trailblazers perspective. It was a classic blow after blow coming down the stretch. You had it looked like it was Dame time. But then Jamal Murray gets the last laugh. Um, uh-huh. It feels like this year so far, we're getting some of that. We're getting legit Dame time, right? Like, I mean, he's playing as good, I think, as people would have hoped he would. When he's healthy, he just, he's missed a couple of different stints with a, a little calf strain that I don't think is anything serious, but it's something that he missed uh, a lot of their first big road trip for. And then he was back for a couple, for like a week. He looked pretty good. And then he re-aggravated it and he missed another six seven games but he's been back for two games now and so far yeah he's looked like dame the thing i've had to keep telling people coming into the season about the whole thing and i mean it's interesting you bring up uh jamal murray was obviously the other guy that was going off kind of on the other side in the game last night this was the kind of game that i think people had been waiting to see from jamal murray for a long time and over the first month or so of the season he's been looking kind of up and down and he's been rusty because he missed a whole season coming off of a torn acl the injury that dame missed most of last season with was a little abdomen thing that was a six-week recovery that he could have played on last year at the end of the year if there was any reason for them to play if they weren't tanking basically and so the thing I've had to tell people when, A, like, first of all, when he signed that extension, and it's like, oh, well, is he going to be able to stay healthy? I have had to keep telling people, like, look, it's not like he's coming off a torn ACL or a torn Achilles or some kind of long-term leg injury like that. He's going to be fine. He's going to be Dane. And that's, so far, that's what we've seen. Yeah, I think my question for for Dame, um, which it is... Um, like, yes, it's minor injury, quote unquote, minor injuries. But when you combine those, whatever is soft tissue injuries, core injuries uh, with his age, then you start asking the questions. Because like I'm looking at the Blazers right now and I think they're, they're eight and three when Dame plays over 30 minutes. Uh-huh. But like, should Dame be playing? As much as he, because he normally averages like 35, 36, like, can he handle those rigors, even if it wasn't a serious injury he's coming back from? Like, should they find a way maybe to get him closer to 30 minutes per game as opposed to like these, these heavy day minutes that we're accustomed to. I think they'd like him. They'd like him to play less. I think he would probably like to have his minutes be maybe in the low thirties as opposed to the mid thirties. And that's something that Chauncey has talked about is like, they don't want him to play 40 minutes a game, but They've just been so even even besides Dame, like I could go up and down the rotation if, if you if you wanted. Every single player that plays meaningful minutes for them has missed at least one game at some point this season with something like you know like uh, you know Josh Hart has missed a couple of games with an ankle thing. He's like kind of outside of Anthony Simons, he's kind of their only other you know real reliable ball handler. Keon Johnson, who just came back last night and has looked pretty good at times when he's played. He was kind of a throw-in in that uh, Clippers, you know, the Robert Covington, Norm Powell I thought trade. He was, I thought he was the the crown jewel of that trade. What what was, if not Keon Johnson, what was the thing you circle for um, in that? Was it like Covington for like a second and Keon Johnson? Refresh me. Justice Winslow, they really liked. Oh, and then it was, Justice Winslow. The, and then, and he's been really, <laughs> the, and he's been pretty, he's, yeah. and he's been pretty good for them this year. And then, you know, that, that, that was the whole thing, but like the, the, you know, he's, he's a guy that 
you know, he they he's been pretty good when he's played. He just missed a month with a hip injury, but that's another guy who can take some ball handling responsibilities away from Dame, just playing some spot minutes, and he's now finally back healthy. Theoretically, Gary Payton the second is going to be back at some point soon. Like he's been ramping it up in practice. He hasn't played yet this season. He's been dealing with actually the same core muscle surgery that Dame had last year. He had that same surgery over the summer. So they've just been so banged up that Dame has kind of had to play more. But I think they long term, that's something they would like to cut down on a little bit. Um if if they're basically all healthy, if uh-huh. you know they can avoid any major injury, where do you see them right now in this Western Conference hierarchy? Like, do you think they're like in in a tier right beneath, maybe like Suns and my Grizzlies and Nuggets, maybe, or like are they battling with Kings, Jazz? Where 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 do you put the Blazers when healthy? If they're healthy enough. Like basically, what, what what that means is is Dame healthy because yeah. it's, he's the key to everything. I think they're top six. Yeah, I came into this. Reasonable. I came into the season thinking they were going to be playing, and then after the first two weeks of the season, when they started off ten and four, I wasn't thinking, "Oh, they're a title contender now." But I was thinking, I think they can avoid the play in, and I I kind of still believe that. Also, you know, a couple things go into that. I mean, you're talking about this is independent of how good I think they can be in the playoffs, which I do think they're a tier below the Phoenix, uh, Denver, uh, Golden State, whatever, whoever you want to put in like the top tier of Western Conference contenders. And there's no Golden State like this. There's no like if you look at the East, it's Milwaukee and Boston and then a huge gap. And then everybody else, there's nobody that's really running away with it like that in the West this year. But uh I would put Portland kind of in that second group where I think they'll be in the top six and avoid the play. And the, the couple things to keep in mind here, just about their schedule. One, at the end of – they've had an insanely road-heavy schedule so far this year. At the end of December, at the end of the calendar year of 2022, they will have played 21 road games, which is over half of their road schedule for the season. Yeah, wow. They're home for basically the entire month of January. And then the other thing is a lot of the – games that they've been playing so far have been against good teams. And that was what was so impressive about that early start, because it's not like they were just like getting a cakewalk schedule. Like they've beat Phoenix twice. They beat Denver. They beat Miami. I guess Miami's not actually that good, but people kind of thought they were still were at the time. They beat new Orleans in new Orleans on a back to back. Like they've beaten good teams when they played them, generally speaking. And the, their schedule like basically since like post all-star their schedule is like a lot of Houston, a lot of San Antonio, a lot of these types of teams that we are kind of expecting to be tanking. So what I always said going into the season, once their schedule came out is that if they could get to Christmas at 500, yeah, that they're fine because the second half of their schedule is so much softer than the first half of it. And I think they're in good shape to do that. So I, I think they'll be top six. That's interesting. So if it's if it's top six, and I had seen that stuff, how the Blazers have played the toughest schedule in the NBA so far. I've seen that a few different publications have had their own little formulas for that. Um, if they are top six, which are, are are you putting them ahead of like, let's go and say we assume they're going to finish with more wins than like the Jazz. Like, yes. Where do you think they compare to like the Timberwolves, Kings, Clippers, Mavericks? You have them ahead of all those because you kind of yes. would, I think, would need to. Yeah, all right. The only, the only, the only, the only question mark out of those, I think, is is Dallas, just because. Yeah. I mean, the, the th- sure. I mean, you know, I mean, 
it's the same thing that we've been saying about Dame for however many years. Like, and I, I, I think that Portland has significantly more talent around Dame than Dallas has around Luca. But Luca's like Luca's so good. You have yeah, to, you special. have to give them. That's the thing. Like, you have to. Yeah. The same stuff we were saying about Dame, where it's like if you have a healthy Dame, it's a forty-five win team by itself. Like, you have to kind of put Luca in that category or more at this point. But you know, you go down those other teams. I don't trust anything at all about Minnesota and like once cat comes back, they're going to still then have to figure out that fit. And it like, it, it, it's almost looked like they've been better with that. And I'm actually going to see the yeah. Timberwolves the next couple of days. Cause they have two, have two games in a row here in Portland tomorrow. And uh, what is tomorrow? Saturday. So, so tomorrow and Monday. So they have, yeah. so I'm actually going to get to see them, but I don't trust them at all. I, the Clippers, I just, I don't, I, I need to see Kawhi be healthy consistently for half a season before I buy into anything about them. Yeah, I don't think the Clippers are going to have a very strong regular season finish. No. Um, th- that's interesting that the, you get the Trailblazers and Timberwolves. Those are, I mean, it's it's December, but those are big games. They uh, are. T- those are those are huge games for avoiding the play in and uh, you know just the Western Conference playoff picture. And that's what, that's what I was saying about their schedule. If they because they're getting a lot of like. They've played Denver twice. They play Denver again right before Christmas in Denver. They will have done three of their four games against Denver, which is easily their best division rival. So, like, that's already going to decide, like, the tiebreaker stuff. They've already played Phoenix all the times they're going to play them this season. They've got Dallas, like, another two times in the next month. Like, they're going to get all of their games against the other pretty much. Like, pretty much. I think they have New Orleans a couple times late in the season. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But they pretty much get most of their games against the teams that you need to play and you need to beat out of the way in the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season is a whole lot of games against teams that are going to be going for Victor at that point that they can that I theoretically take advantage of. Yeah. Outside of Dame, who do you think is the most important player on the roster? That's on the roster right now. That not necessarily that I expect to be there after the deadline, but as the roster is constituted right now, Yusuf Nurkic. Because oh, Nurkic is more important just because of the scarcity of the positional scarcity. Well, but it's also just he's he's the most you know night to night. You don't like he was phenomenal. I thought last night against uh, Denver. Like, well, that, he gets it going a, against Jokic. That's well, a, yes, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Because, thing. Yeah, well, right, because he you know because he played there at the beginning of his career and because you know of their you know relationship whatever he gets up for that. And there have been other games this season where he's looked very very good, and then there are other games where he does not and like lately it's been i think more of that this season than the former and i the reason i say that it's the most important is either they get that nurkic every night or they do something maybe in february to upgrade that spot what would they do what what are the centers they've circled are they going to get in that miles turner pursuit or something that's that's something that's i the think one? Gonna, i think that and uh Pirtle are the two that they're going to look at yeah, I mean, I think if I think if San Antonio lowered their price on Pirtle a little bit, they could get that out the door. But these teams always lower their prices on yeah. like right, like right now the Pacers are putting out this like you know we might not even trade Turner. We're better than expected. We might not even trade him. We might expect. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. Great. Well, I mean, yeah. what what Pacers are in the home court advantage fight right now in in the East. Um, yeah, so, Utah was a month ago. So what's uh, what's what's your thought on or how have, has your opinion changed of Jeremy Grant this this season? I just want to say personally, 
I was more I was more of a skeptic for what he did in Detroit offensively, and now on the Blazers doing it in more of a winning situation, he, I feel like he's been fantastic. But has has your opinion evolved on Jeremy Grant this season? Well, he's been great. I mean, the thing yeah. about his situation here is that he's found pretty much the exact perfect amount of role of responsibility and the perfect role because if you look at so in Denver, and this is maybe one of the reasons there is there was other reasons that were documented, but he the one of the reasons I think that he left Denver was because I think he felt like he was taking a little bit too much of a supporting role and too much of a step back. And maybe he wasn't able to do as much or able to do enough of what he felt like he was capable of. And then he goes to Detroit where he's clearly the featured guy and clearly the number one option on a team that wasn't winning anything. And he was just like a guy, you know, he's, you know, a 20, 25, whatever point a game score on a bad team. And he maybe like had too much responsibility there because, you know, yeah, he can get his numbers if he's the featured guy, but you're not going to win anything with him as your featured guy every single night. And he, you know, that, that kind of what was what was shown in Detroit. Now he's in a situation in Portland where he's coming in. Everybody knows it's Dame's show, so he's not going to be the number one guy most nights. I mean, he has been a few of these games because Dame's been out, but if you need him to do that from time to time, he's had a 45, 45, 46, I forget what he had in the Knicks game, but he's had that, like he can do that. And what the Blazers need from him is A, to be good defensively and B, to be able to do that from time to time on offense when teams, you know, either Dame doesn't have it going, Dame's out, Simons doesn't have it going, whatever the case may be. And he's been able to do that. And he's, it's just been exactly the kind of fit that I think Dame thought when Dame, really connected with him last summer at the Olympics in Tokyo and started kind of thinking, Hey, this is a guy I'd like to play with. It's kind of worked out about as well as he envisioned it. Yeah. I mean, I I've again, maybe I was just too much of a skeptic, but I've been really impressed with him this year. Also some of his numbers, like we're going to assume he's not going to shoot 45% from three all year, but he's been like 22 points per game on his splits are incredible. And when you're, when you're, when you're playing next to Dane, you're going to get a lot of open looks. And I don't, I don't think, He's not the thing is it's not like he's like taking difficult shots that yeah. like, you know, he's not taking Dame shots. He's just he's getting open catch and shoot looks and he's knocking him down. I don't see any reason why that's not. I yeah, mean, that's a good maybe point. It, like maybe it won't be 45. Maybe it'll drop a little bit because it was like 48 a couple weeks ago and it dropped down a little bit. But like the kinds of looks he's getting are looks that most competent shooters you would think would be able to knock down it's just kind of what i was saying before when you're in detroit and you're the guy and you're the featured guy that other defenses are going to key in on you're not going to get those kinds of looks you're playing next to damian lillard and anthony simons or two guys that basically people have to double team you're going to get a lot of wide open looks and he's he's making them who uh who's more important to the blazers future anthony simons or shaden sharp shaden sharp why is the defend your answer please I mean, I think they, I mean, Simons has been really, really good. Yeah. And he's, he's, I think so. I mean, he, he, he had a rough kind of first couple of weeks of the season, but the last, and he actually wasn't very good last night. That was kind of an off night for him, but by and large, he's been lights out the last couple of weeks and he's still very young and he's still like, I just, I think that, and this is why they took Shaden Sharp overall, like seventh overall, despite the, you know, you know, nobody nearly knowing anything about him was because they just, they felt like that was the type of upside that he had was like, 
this guy could be like a future, you know, multi-time all-star superstar. Like what, you know, and what, once Dame ages out of that role, I think they view him as that kind of, you know, that kind of talent. And I think early on, you know, he's been up and down like every rookie has, but you're kind of seeing what they saw in him so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I he's know. certainly making those spectacular highlight plays, but like they, they already, like you have confidence that this guy, you know, is, one of those untouchable already in trades because you want to see that he could develop and he seems like he's on the right path. I would be shocked if he was involved. I'm not in saying they would either. trade him. Yeah, this year, obviously. But you're already you're already encouraged enough where you're like, you know, Anthony Simons, good scorer, um, young guy, don't know what his ceiling is. Maybe it's like fringe all-star on a really good team or on a team that like wins a little bunch of games as a scorer. But like you'd rather build your, your program around uh, the hope of Shaden Sharp fully developing. Well, I don't think either one of them is going to be on the block anytime soon, but uh, I think I think just be, because because of the age and because of the yeah. I think the two I think the two way potential is the other part, because I think they you know, Shaden still gets lost a lot on defense, but, but I think he's shown some, you know, instincts and ability on that. And maybe I, I don't know, I I. I hate these questions because there's like neither of these guys are getting traded. And well, I'm not I, again. I'm not suggesting either one's getting traded. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, just valuing Shaden Sharp, like not even in a like just how good each one is, and like if you're, um, maybe I phrased or, or framed it incorrectly. I'm just trying to get an idea. No, of like, I hear you. you know, I hear who, who, I, who you think is the, the I, better prospect. I hear you. I know that they're 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 very very high on Shaden Sharp. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, yeah. But let's let's close with what's give me the Reader's Digest version again of the weird ownership situation that's going on right now with the Blazers. That kind of hangs over all things in Portland, where Jody Allen is supposed to sell the team. Um, she's legally required to, but isn't really doing it or something. I don't know what the timeline is. There is a in the Paul Allen trust that went into effect when he passed away in 2018. He, they, all of his assets do have to be sold at some point. I don't know if there's a, I haven't, I haven't obviously seen the trust. I haven't read, I'm not Paul Allen's lawyer. I have not read the trust. I have not seen the trust. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know whether there's a sell by date. So I don't, I think the last time you and I talked about it was like right when all the Phil Knight stuff was happening. I don't think there's been anything new happening. And I think that it's going to get held up by what's going on with the Suns with Robert Sarver, because since he's selling the team, he's selling the Suns. Like he put, he's put the Suns up for sale. Allegedly. Yeah. Everybody I think in the league is kind of waiting to see, well, first of all, I think a lot of people are waiting on like what the number comes in at on the new TV deal. And then, you know, this new CBA getting done, maybe expansion, whatever. Like that's what I think Jody's trying to hang on for. But I think more than that, everybody, not even just her, but like anybody else who might be looking to sell, you know, their team, everybody's waiting to see what the Suns are going to go for because that's going to reset. Like the rumor is that they might go for like 3.5 or 4 billion. And if they really, if that, if that happens, that's going to be like when Steve Ballmer went so far over the top and the price for the Clippers in 2014, that it completely resets the market for everybody else. And then a couple of years later, the Rockets are getting sold for 2 billion. And now like the Utah jazz and the Minnesota Timberwolves are each going for 1.5, 1.6. So I think that any other team sales are probably at least a little bit on hold until 
everybody sees what the Suns go for. That, that would be my guess on it right now. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate it, Sean. Always a pleasure talking with you, and I look forward to you coming on again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, Keith. All right. Thanks to Sean for coming on. If you want more Blazers coverage, definitely subscribe to Rose Garden Report. If you want to support our show, do that at patreon.com slash fastbreak. Breakfast, if you want to give the gift of basketball this season, do it with Grizzlies Holiday Youth Basketball Camps presented by Nike. You can register your child aged 6 to 13 for one of the two-day sessions over winter break hosted in Cordova and Jackson, Tennessee. The holiday camps are $125 and include basketball skills training, a t-shirt, and two tickets to the January 8th Grizzlies game against the Utah Jazz. Space is limited, so sign up today at memgrizzyouth.com. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening, and remember... Breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fast break, break, man. You understand? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.